Welcome back to School of Thought. This is the third episode on the Hit the Books channel. And as a reminder, as always, this is sponsored by uh, Circus Sportsbook. That like the pros with the world's largest sports book right at your fingertips at Circus Sports. Experience big app bets, the highest limits, better money line splits, lowest hold, the best customer service, and more. Sports betting on the go has never been better. Now you can download, fund, and bet like a pro from anywhere in Nevada. Get your new book today at circusports.com. So last week, uh, as was the case the first week as well, I touched on one team I thought was overvalued, one team I thought was undervalued. The undervalued team, Western Michigan, uh, played its arch rival, CMU, led for 39 and a half minutes and lost on a buzzer beater. Uh, so an unfortunate break there for the Broncos. I did not play them last night against Northern Illinois at home. They were down Trey Maddox again. One of the more important players thought the line was a little too high under the circumstances, and they really were never competitive with NIU. So I still like this team moving forward once they're back to full strength with Maddox. And, you know, they're so far below the top teams in the MAC that I think it's a little hard to play them there. But against teams who are more in their, in their range, I still like this idea uh, over the last month of the season. So, again, team worth watching. The success story, though, from last week was Seattle, who I identified as grossly overvalued based on a just torrid recent stretch uh, over the last month or so. And they had a thoroughly brutal road trip uh, in the Piney Woods series with Sam Houston and then SFA two days later, uh, not competitive in either game. Uh, that regression that was clearly due to happen came pretty swiftly and pretty harshly for the Red Hawks. Uh, but oddly enough, not much of a drop in Ken Palm went from, I think, 108 to 120 or so right now. Uh, I actually thought about fading them again tonight. This is being recorded Wednesday afternoon. Uh, they play Abilene tonight. I had hoped that line would open like 9 or 10. It ended up opening seven and a half, eight. Abilene immediately took money, uh, just like SFA and St. Houston did. I think people are on to the Seattle fades. So, uh you know, un unfortunately, a little too tight to, to fade them again, plus Abilene, a team that can give me quite a bit of agita. So while I'd like to be able to squeeze another fade out of Seattle right now, uh, going to probably have to wait that one out a little bit. But, you know, still think they're they're fairly overvalued with where they are. Moving on to this week, we turn the calendar to February. Uh, there, there's some stuff out there, I think, right now, and some of it is is worth listening to or reading about uh, motivation this month, teams, who, who are either really out of it and, you know, maybe you're packing it into the conference tournament versus teams who uh, are in legit at-large contention or uh, in contention for a conference title. I don't have a particularly overriding philosophy. I think a lot of that stuff kind of cancels each other, cancels itself out. A lot of it, quite frankly, is just noise. Uh, people pulling shit out of their ass uh, to, to justify an angle. So I, I don't think there's any overriding principle there that you need to follow. Really, uh, it, it has to vary game by game, situation by situation. But uh, I, I didn't have a team this week that I think is grossly undervalued. I do have one that I think has gotten pretty overvalued. And I think it started a couple of weeks ago and hopefully peaked on Saturday with a rather incredible performance. But the Milwaukee Panthers, uh, this is the Ken Palm archive I've referenced the last couple episodes. But so this is back on December 31st, right at the, the turn of the year. They were 280 in Kempom uh, since you know, over this last month. They are the second biggest 
efficiency margin gainer in the country behind Fullerton, you know, even ahead of Boise, Nevada, Iowa State, all of whom have been just complete rocket ships in that same time frame. So Milwaukee has surged quite a bit. Uh, 77 spot leap. This right here is their shot quality profile. This is from my Google sheet, the stats that I really care about. 43 spot discrepancy between shot quality and Ken Palm. Good shot selection team, 38th, and that comes from being top five in rim and three rate. So this is one, uh, you know, if you've been on shot quality before, that's, that's a huge part of this is, are you getting the most efficient shots? And the most efficient shots are at the rim and from three, specifically certain areas behind the arc. Uh, Mid-range shots generally are going to score lower. So that's why you have a pretty good shot selection score here. They're an average shot-making team. Uh, they don't force tough shots. Uh, defensively, they'll let you get to the rim. They'll, they'll give up a ton of threes. We'll get to this in a minute, but uh, the, the defensive three-point percentage is a big reason why they've surged so much in the Kempom charts. But top 10 luck team, seventh in luck, and they don't generate extra chances. This is the team rankings right here. The team rankings extra chances metric I've referenced quite a bit this season, a few times in past years too, but I've really spent a lot of time with it this year. 339 out of 363. So they're not creating extra opportunities at all. They're giving up a lot of extra opportunities with turnovers and rebound margin. So from shot quality, uh, 12 and seven record, but a shot quality record of eight and 11. So they're essentially net plus four wins based on shots taken, shots allowed. So that that right there is a red flag. That's obviously very, very, very highly, very highly correlated to that seventh uh ranking seventh in luck nationally that I just referenced. These are the game-by-game -game charts. I crossed out Chattanooga because this game was, was a non-conference game uh, after they'd already started conference play. But what you have, you have Green Bay, which was a complete toss-up but looked like a dominant win. And then you have one, two, three, four, five wins in league play that should have been losses. And then you have two losses that should have been wins the right state game well both right state games were scored as wins so i think overall you have a team it's not quite to the extent seattle was last week in terms of how lucky they've gotten but pretty damn lucky nonetheless but it's, it's a very different team than seattle stylistically uh it's a chaos team in every sense of that word this is from haslametrics uh 325th away from home so I think if you're gonna if we're gonna focus on fades and we'll get to their upcoming schedule in a minute, but maybe a team that's well, it is a team that is better targeted uh, if you're fading away from home because they play a style that is so frenetic. They're they're fast as hell. Uh, this is from Synergy. They press at the fifth highest rate in the country. So just think about that team profile. Team that wants to press, get up in your. Uh, Get the game moving, you know, turning it into a circus. Those teams tend to be better at home because they can feed off the crowd, probably get a slightly more favorable whistle. So that is that correlates logically that they're a much better team in Milwaukee than they are on the road. Uh, I don't think home court advantage is a big deal in the horizon because it's it's a geographically condensed league. There's very little travel for the most part, so I, I don't think it matters as much as it does in leagues like the Sun Belt where you're taking ten hour trips. Uh, you know, on a Thursday to a Saturday, same with the WAC. I think home court, and the numbers bear it out. Home court matters a hell of a lot more in those leagues. But nonetheless, probably better to focus on fading Milwaukee when they're away from home. Uh, going back to this, this is from Ken Palm's. Uh, this is the listing of the biggest comebacks this year. 
Saturday at NKU, they trailed by 23, came all the way back to win it at the end, tied for the biggest comeback this year. That was on the road. Uh, one of their few really good, well, somewhat good road performances. Didn't start out that way, to be sure. But my thinking is, I think now coming off of this monumental comeback win against the team that's also near the top of the league, hopefully that's kind of the peak for Milwaukee for all the reasons I've already talked about with all the luck stuff. And now that they've had this big comeback, hopefully the air starts to come out of the balloon and they start to tail off over this final month of the season. Uh, as we look forward, this is a little small. There are eight games left. Uh, Ken Palm projects them as favorites in six of them. Shot quality only projects them as favorites in four of them. So I think we have some wiggle room here as far as fades. Uh, this IUPUI game opened game tomorrow. This opened short. Looks I just saw an opener of 11. Ken Palm has a 13. I would need at least that to consider IUPUI. But uh, because Milwaukee is so helter-skelter, because they play this bizarre up-and-down frenetic style, they can be very volatile, even just within games. So if you're into live betting, which I'm not, but if you are, this is a pretty good live team to trade. Uh, but but I think overall, you're looking at a team that hopefully has peaked at this point. It's a, it's a bit of an unknown, because with a first-year coach in Lundy, you're not totally sure where the ceiling is. They started really poorly, which isn't a surprise. Total stylistic overhaul from where they were last year with Pat Baldwin. So I'm a little concerned that this, because the ceiling is such an unknown, maybe there's more there. But the numbers right now, it's you can't refute the luck stuff. I mean, they are clearly a top 10 luck team. Uh, and the game-by-game -game results within league play bear that out as well. So that's the team for this week. Uh, the one team I considered, other team I considered in this segment was Nevada after last night's game especially. Uh, some of the shot quality stuff indicates they've been really lucky so far and they're going to play a lot of big games down the stretch. It's a team that has overachieved uh, no matter how you look at it. But I didn't think it was as strong as Milwaukee just because you know, Nevada has a coach who's been there before. Uh, I, I think there's there's a lot of things to like with them that it gives me a little bit of pause. I, I strongly considered playing SDSU last night and fortunately passed. But I do think there'll be some Nevada fade spots over the last month, especially on the road. They're another team with some pretty extreme home road splits. So uh, not quite as strong as Milwaukee, which is why I opted to go with the Panthers here uh, in this segment. But that'll do it for this third episode of School of Thought. Again, thank you for watching Bet Like the Pros with the world's largest sports book at Circus Sports with big app bets, better money line splits, best customer service, and more. Download your new book today at circusports.com. Until next week, thank you for watching this episode of School of Thought.